ஹலோ ஹாய் தேர் வெல்கம் டு கைடிங் வாய்ஸ் பாட்காஸ்ட் சீரீஸ் தி கைடிங் வாய்ஸ் ஃபார் எ பெட்டர் ஃபியூச்சர் This podcast is to help students and young professionals to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts, global leaders or academicians or coaches to drive some insightful conversations that will help our audience learn great things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or fun fact about the IT world towards the end of every episode. Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar. So folks, in general, we always think about conventional jobs that are focused on mainstream multinational corporations, startups or businesses. But we always overlook certain opportunities in not-for-profit organizations that are developmental in nature. So today, we are going to focus on one such key area and the topic is exploring opportunities with developmental institutions. And to talk about this niche area, we are pleased to welcome Vidyadhar to our show. Vidyadhar Prabhadesai is the co-founder of Leecap Ventures, which works with international governments and institutions like the United Nations, the World Bank Group, the World Economic Forum across 40 countries in Asia, Africa and Europe. Vidyadhar is a founding curator of the Global Shapers Community, an initiative of the World Economic Forum. Vidyadhar is the recipient of the World Bank's prize on youth employability for impacting more than 10 million youth till date in addition he is engaged with many such organizations with many such organizations in different capacities some of them are international foundation for sustainable peace and development advisor to harvard business review economist without borders youth consultant to asian development bank and member of a special consulting group to the office of principal scientific advisor government of india Vidyadhar is also a mentor of Change at Atal Innovation Mission, Niti Aayog and has helped several startups, micro, small and medium enterprises to scale. Vidyadhar, welcome to our show. Hey, thank you Sudhakar and uh, thank you Naveen uh, for inviting me to this podcast. It's wonderful. This initiative is addressing the issues the young people are facing in terms of their careers and uh, their choices of uh, development as such. So I'm happy that I'm here to contribute so that the youth can get inspired and learn from what I've done. Absolutely. Let's get started then. With the other, how do international institutions like the UN or the World Economic Forum function. Okay, so I'll give you an insight based on uh, my experience and my working uh, with these international institutions for the last a decade or so. There are you know, some of the you know, different categories of these international institutions. First, these are primarily one category is that they are governmental institutions. So for example, uh, United States uh, Aid for International Development, so which is called as USAID. is purely purely governmental uh, institution run by the US government department of state and uh, the all the programs initiatives are funded uh, through the uh, united states government that is one category sure. uh, the second category is intergovernmental organization so which wherein the united nations fall under that category which is called intergovernmental organization which is run with a cooperation of multiple governments so there are member countries so there are currently 193 countries uh, which are members of the united nations and each of these you know bodies of the governments of these countries 
become members and they run the function of the United Nations. Whereas if you look at a World Economic Forum kind of institution, this is public-private think tank or public-private cooperative organization which is run with the help of uh, private funds, it's investments from the private corporations as well as uh, you know, investments uh, with, with the help of uh, government institutions. So that's where it is public-private. And there's a fourth category which is non-profit think tanks. These are again, um, you know, international institutions. Uh, for example, uh, institution like uh, Funding for Peace or something like, uh, you know, Institute of Economics and Peace, which is based out of Australia. So these international think tanks, they are purely driven by donor funds, wherein a lot of international institutions, corporations, governments invest in them to measure, to to contribute uh, to the development of nations as such. So these are four broad categories of these, uh, you know, international institutions as such. You, you specified about uh, United Nations, right? So United Nations, uh, you know, if you want to understand how these uh, government functions, you need to look at what is the history of these organizations first. Mm -hmm. So for the United Nations, uh, as everybody knows, it is uh, formed after uh, the World War II, wherein there were two uh, broad components or broad categories of the world emerged. Uh, One is the capitalist world, which was led by the US, and second is the the Soviet or the socialist world, which was uh, led by the USSR at that time. Time. Mm-hmm. So these two worlds were separate and uh, uh, they came together and formed this something called as Leagues of Nations where 50 countries uh, you know, forming both these leagues came in and formed these Leagues of Nations. The objective of that was to threefold folds. One is to maintain peace uh, and harmony across uh, the world. Then second, to develop prosperity among, among these uh, member nations. Third, to contribute to the economic uh, development uh, such and lastly, you know, as these organizations do, some of the planetary aspects also came in picture. So if I look at the United Nations as core object and classified as a planet, which is dealing with the planetary uh, issues or climate issues and all. Then second, which is peace, talks about uh, maintaining peace. There should be no future wars uh, kind of a thing. Security of, of nation. Third is prosperity when it's uh, economic development of nations as such. People, planet, peace and is actually about people. So which is about uh, development of human beings uh, that are living in, in these nations. So that's the core objective and the aim of the United Nations. And within the United Nations, since it is an intergovernmental organization and many governmental forces are involved in running this organization, there's a further division of it. So there are the principal, there, there are two main divisions. One is called as principal organization. So these are basically a five or six principal organizations that most of us are aware. So one is the UN General Assembly, where most of the, the debates of, of the nations happen. Then there is a Security Council, then there's Trusteeships Council, then there is ECOSOC, then there is the International Court of Justice. So these are the principal organization. Then the second arm of the UN is the development agency. So wherein agencies like WHO is there, WTO is there, agencies like World Bank is a part of over there. So which are specialized agencies created to implement the agendas and the discussions that happen at the at the principal organs. So this is how these institutions kind of perform, perform over the years. Thank you, Vidyadhar. That actually gives us the overall perspective on the varieties of the bodies that we are talking about. I had, I was thinking while you were elaborating, this is not a mainstream topic. Like not many are exposed to these varieties of developmental bodies and not many get engaged with them directly. So how have you been able to work with them? What is the logical first step to get engaged and collaborate with such prestigious organizations? 
Okay, so there are numerous ways that you can be associated uh, with these organizations. So one is definitely a direct employment, which is the route. So one of uh, my dream when I was studying, uh, pursuing my commerce education, college was was to work with these international institutions and get a job over there. Unfortunately, that couldn't happen. But yes, over the years, I've been able to work with them in an individual capacity and as a consultant uh, to these uh, international institutions. So the first step is definitely yes a direct employment route and even before the direct employment route which is there there are certain areas where other areas where where people can get engaged so one is something which i perceive definitely uh, work with these institution as a fellow fellowship is typically a limited period opportunities uh, that you get so typically two to three years uh, i've been a fellow with the united nations for several institutions so i've been a fellow with uh, unesco i've been a fellow with uh, undp where i worked with them for a couple of years each and worked on specific assignments that were allotted to me primarily on the, the sustainable development goals since uh, 2015 is when the SDGs were launched. So I'm currently involved with, with the UN on these sustainable development goals as a fellow. So employment is one opportunity. Second is, as I mentioned about uh, fellowship. The third opportunity is organization which supports uh, the initiative. It could be directly to providing them a grant or supporting uh, them uh, financially. And for that, you need to be a multi-million dollar organization to get into a supportive role as far as these international institutions are concerned also can also so get involved with them as as a partner or as a vendor where you could get a chance to implement some of their activities in in your region so for example when world economic forum approached us in terms of how do we get engaged so uh, we became uh, the regional partners of the world economic forum where we are currently managing their lot of work as, as far as south asian uh, region is concerned and we are their regional partners as far as most of their research and policy driven uh, work uh, is concerned in, in this region so these are some of the ways that you can become or get engaged with these international institutions so employability and then fellowship supporting them being a vendor or some of the options that you mentioned mm-hmm. how does someone get employed with them maybe from the career and consulting standpoint Okay, from a career or a consulting standpoint, if you're looking to, to seek employment with these international uh, institutions, so these, uh, one of the quick and the easiest way to do it is that to get an internship uh, in these international institutions. And these internships are fairly long. So they are two-year or three-year kind of internships. So for example, the World Bank has something called as a Young uh, Professionals uh, Program, so which engages uh, postgraduates and, and the doctoral students uh, uh, over a couple of years uh, term and they once they are selected uh, through a rigorous uh, selection process they get uh, deployed in, in one of the world branch uh, institutions uh, uh, depending upon uh, where are the opportunities and and the countries uh, require the expertise of of these people and they get deployed over over years uh, and and they get a wide range of activities too it could be anything to do with implementing some of the healthcare solutions uh, at a country level or it could be working with some of the government agencies in a particular country in uplifting uh, some of the issues that the country is facing so uh, you get opportunities to uh, you know work with a lot of small countries like a cambodia or a mozambique uh, or anything uh, country like a belarus uh, in, in europe so those kind of uh, opportunities you get when you become uh, an intern or young uh, professional fellows with these institutions even uh, the un or any of these uh, institutions which i am working with they have these programs which are two years a year and that is the best way to get into it and that is something which i regret in my life so i never got 
got an opportunity to work as an intern or as a young professional fellow with these uh, institutions probably that would have given me an exposure you get to interact with with presidents or the heads of the states of various countries when while you are in these uh, programs so that's the level of interaction you you're talking about then uh, the second is there is yes, definitely an entry level opportunities are there so typically these international institutions look out for a certain experience level so probably 3 to 4 years of an experience at a local level primarily they look at expertise and skills which are related uh, to the development areas so it could be uh, you know social uh, you know implementation of programs you know working in non profits education uh, teaching it could be any area which is a development uh, related role and all uh, or, or a social kind of an experience uh, is what uh, these people look at it and that is another way to look at getting engaged or or seeking employment at an entry level with these international institutions yes the selection for the process step there is a lengthy applications uh, that you need to fill in then there are video interviews uh, uh, to be given uh, then there are uh, you know reference letters uh, to be passed or or submitted part of it uh, then uh, even after that you need to go through a probation period of at least 3 to 6 months before you are completely absorbed in, in these international institutions so that's a lengthy process that is involved yes and they definitely look at a very quality level people uh, joining them so that's insightful with the other while you are on this journey with these international institutions what motivated you to start your own venture lead cap and what were some of the key challenges that you faced while starting up the journey of of lead cap has been exciting you know in fact uh, there is a story that uh, you know why i left my uh, you know, high paying uh, corporate jobs and entered into this i was working in a, in a multinational uh, in bangalore roughly about uh, i spent close to about 4 uh, to 4 and a half years uh, with this uh, organization one of the things uh, that you know, happened uh, to me when i became into a people manager role i was engaged uh, in doing a uh, development work as far as uh, the organization is concerned there has been something called as corporate social responsibility started getting developed in the organization and uh, they had uh, adopted a, a village uh, for teaching and upgrading you know computer skills uh, to the people who come from deprived background so that that was basically a village that was you know adopted in in andhra pradesh where i went and i started teaching specific uh, you know skills on computers you know excel you know powerpoint you know be explaining them what how exactly uh, computers uh, work uh, as such so one of the things that i realized is that there these people who are coming uh, from from very deprived Background from rural uh, tier three, tier four locations uh, in India, they have really uh, you know passion with them. Uh, just that uh, they are not able to present themselves, or you know they are not able to you know communicate effectively uh, as far as English is concerned, or or anything which which any recruiter would look at it, whether it is computer skills or uh, you know soft skills uh, as such. So these people were bringing out a lot of opportunities like that. And when I I was uh, working with that organization, I realized that there should there is a huge gap in the market uh, which can. be address so that is a reason i left the organization and then decided uh, to start up a consulting firm but the problem happened uh, with me is that when i started that firm uh, which was helping people to find jobs uh, through a recruitment agency helping them to crack uh, the interviews and uh, you know drafting their uh, resumes and helping them out i realized that i started at on a very long, wrong time the great recession at that time hit uh, this was 2008 2009 times and i completely lost out over there and then to recover from the loss that i 
third i, I enrolled in the mba program you know finished my education and then i joined lead cap as an intern over there and then further joined uh, as a co-founder so that's one story and also there is an interesting story which which is comes from a very personal uh, background while i was uh, working on a vacation at my home i came down from bangalore and at uthane where i'm currently living i have a younger brother who's uh, now a scientist and he was pursuing his master's program at that time uh, he was working on a project and you're know, doing a manual work of cutting pasting you know charts and you know drawing and all those things i told him you know why are you, how are you wasting your time and efforts in developing putting manual efforts and and developing these uh, charts when there is an easy way out where you can take go to search on google and you know to get these things ready made easily and you can get your project uh, done in a faster way so he told me uh, one thing is is that if i do the same thing as my rest of my uh, you know colleagues will be doing or my rest of the batchmates are doing uh, what would be the difference uh, between them and me so that his statement kind of uh, stuck me and stuck me for my lifetime so i decided that with whatever i'll do from now i'll try to create a difference or be a different person altogether this incident actually has led me to join the corporate social responsibility initiatives of my company which was was going so that's the story uh, behind that and when leadcap got uh, started out the objective was uh, very simple the objective was uh, to help people from the marginal background uh, learn the skills that are required as far as the jobs are concerned actually we were started uh, running programs uh, with partnering with a lot of institutions uh, colleges universities governments uh, some of the programs were included in the budgetary allocations of of the state governments also and these kind of programs has impacted and created the impact of these uh, 10 million directly or indirectly kind of thing so that's the journey of leadcam and that's the inspiration behind apart from these uh, then we we started venturing out based on our experience at the ground level to work with the international institution help them in their work as well that is amazing thank you for sharing that life journey vidyadha you know that definitely helps us in shaping us up right all our experiences hey one final question for this session what are your tips for the students and young professionals aspiring to grow big in their careers you know anything particular to this niche area or in general so that they actually can get inspiration from your experience okay tips for young professionals we've been partners uh, with the world economic forum and one of the things that we do uh, is uh, work with them on the future of uh, jobs uh, as such and one of the insights that that has came out from this year's uh, version is that more than half as in more than 50% uh, of people or the employees that are employed today will require reskilling every 2 to 3 years as such so whatever you are learning today will be outdated you know every 2 years so that's where Where things are there, and if, if you have studied the job, the future of jobs report in detail, the top skills which are coming out are are not really the the technical skills, but the top skills which are coming out are primarily the empathetical or the soft skills which are there. So, for example, it could be creativity, which is which is coming out over over as one of the top ten skills. Commitment is was something which is coming out. Uh, critical thinking, which is also coming out. So these are things that you know people should focus on if they were to. 
to survive and either in in getting jobs or if they have started their careers these are the things that they should be looking at surviving in their current career as such so why i said that uh, you know every 2 3 years uh, you would require uh, reskilling as such there are two things that you can do or or you know what we have been uh, through our years so one in terms of learning there are two approaches uh, which are there so one is which is a traditional approach okay so the traditional approach uh, comes from your traditional school so where you are put up in a school then put up uh, in college university then you pass out and then just go to job and forget uh, uh, for life okay that's the traditional approach but the contrasting and interesting approach comes from the sports fraternity wherein it always says that you require a mentor and a coach for lifelong okay you are never done uh, in your life you know you would see any sport for that matter they will always carry a coach and and a mentor together and that is something uh, which is very interesting and will will definitely come in actually spreading across uh, uh, from sports to other areas as well so wherein uh, you require a coach for lifetime so you as youth are concerned i think they should also look at identifying mentors and coaches for themselves who who can guide them throughout their lifetime because as i said every 2 3 years the jobs who going to change uh, the skills that are required for these jobs is going to change and only thing that you could could uh, survive is basically to have a lifelong mentor and coach uh, with you who can who will guide you through all these things so that's i think would help out the youth today thank you that's really helpful primarily focusing on two points constant learning that to on the soft skills like creativity and critical thinking and second one i think our guests have been consistently emphasizing on this topic of finding a coach or mentor who is there for you for long term it has been an amazing and great learning experience conversing with you vidya sir and thanks for covering this niche topic about understanding the developmental institution side of i'm sure our listeners will get immensely benefited and be inspired with this Thank you Vidyadhar for joining us and sparing your time in sharing wonderful insights. Hey, thank you Sudhakar. Thank you Naveen for inviting me on this podcast. I hope uh, the listeners be taking out something from this. I'm sure they will. Dear listeners, to know more about our speaker and the content, visit our followers on social media. We are available on LinkedIn, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, Pinterest and also on YouTube. Just search for the guiding voice and then follow like subscribe to us and also please share within your network in addition please feel free to email us at the guiding voice for you that is t h e g u i d i n g v o i c e for as a digit u as a letter at gmail.com or whatsapp us on india number 9494587187 again it is india number 9494587187 and we will be happy to collaborate Sudhakar now let's talk about an exciting opportunity about featuring our audience in this podcast Sure of late we have been receiving a lot of career guidance related questions from our regular listeners through YouTube and LinkedIn comments of course WhatsApp and email and we are responding to them one on one Now we are pleased to open up a new mode of interacting with you all while providing a chance to broadcast yourself. If you have any questions related to education, career guidance or a specific IT field, just send your voice message through speakpipe.com/theguidingvoice and we will not only play your question in your voice but also will get you the answer shared in our future episodes. Hope you will utilize this wonderful opportunity. All right so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about domain names you know off late there are so many 
uh, domains that are coming up and initially when the domain names were launched and released for public all the combinations using various letters from a to z say aaa.com or bbb.com to zzz.com everything has already been registered and probably you can give it a try by typing aaa.com to zzz.com interesting isn't it all right so thank you for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned have a wonderful time take care be safe until next time bye bye